Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado, and welcome to Episode 49 of the Championship Vision Podcast. Today, we're interviewing Coach Jerry Pettigrew. Jerry was originally uh, from Galena, Illinois, and is a far a living legend in Wisconsin high school basketball, according to the Janesville Gazette. Pettigrew earned his Bachelor of Science degree in physical education from the University of Dubuque. He is the winningest basketball coach in Wisconsin high school history with over 900 victories. In 2012, the University of Dubuque announced the establishment of the Jerry Pettigrew Award. The award honors an alumnus coach who best represents Pettigrew's tenacity, strong work ethic, and care for athletes of any age at any level. After graduating from UD, Pettigrew started his career as a social studies teacher and basketball coach in Gradio, Wisconsin. He later... He, where he led the basketball team to a 62-20 and 20 record in four seasons. He also taught and coached at Lenny Winslow High School in Galena High School and Cuba City High School. Pettigrew started as Cuba City's head coach in 1971, finishing with a 20-3 and three record. Today, with the leadership of Pettigrew, the team has a 784-181 record since that time. In 2012-2013, the team finished with a 26-1 record, which took the team to the WIAA State Tournament for the second year in a row and the eighth time overall. He has 29 conference championships at Cuba City and three state championships at Cuba City, 1981, 1991, and 1998. Cuba City was the state runner-up in 2012. Pettigrew is an active community member. He serves on the boards for American Trust and Savings Bank, Cuba City, Community Development Board, Cuba City, and Mercy Hospital Medical Center, Dubuque. He has been the director of the Tri-State Basketball Camps for the past 20 years and has served as a past president and present executive director of the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association. Jerry and his wife, Joan, have three children, Michelle, Mark, and Ryan. The Pettigrews have six grandchildren who they adore. In 1968, he earned his master's degree in history from UW Platteville. Coaches, let's welcome the legend, Jerry Pettigrew. Coach, you are in, my friend. Yes, I'm connected. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, yeah. Um, yeah, I worked a few things out, and uh, man, you're on. I, I sure appreciate you taking the time out. No, I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's great to talk to uh, great coaches that have done so much for the game. Um, I just want to tell you, again, I appreciate all the videos you have made. I have all your videos, Coach. I, I probably helped your salary out. <laughs> I don't know about that, but that's nice of you to say. Um, but, dude, I, I got to tell you, that, that's – thank you. You might have – 20 of course i have all your vhs it shows how old i am i have all your vhs videos but um i love what you've done for the game you're doing and you're still doing so much for the game a hey, uh hey tell me uh the one thing that i've always noticed in your videos i'm just a big believer in kind of studying people and so forth you got a contagious energy i can just tell even when you're working with some of your older players on the video i can tell you just love that you had a lot of passion for people how did you how did you develop that over the years? Oh, I don't know. I just I you know, I I've always uh, believed that uh, I've enjoyed working with people who have a passion <clears throat> for the game and 
And uh, especially when you're dealing with younger kids, they all just love to play. And so uh, I know I was at, uh, I spoke at the Final Four Clinic last Saturday in Minneapolis, and uh, the uh, demonstrators were from uh, St. Thomas College in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they were wonderful kids. And so uh, I, I just think that when you bring a passion, it brings out a passion of the people that you're trying to coach. And uh, that's a philosophy I've always tried to take. Yeah, and it works, Coach. You've had a lot of success. Uh, and it's easy. And I hate to say this. I don't mean anything negative towards coaches. I see a lot of coaches that, man, I, I'm not sure why they're, they're out there. They're great X and O guys, but they just don't have a love for the kids or the game. Uh, but they're really smart basketball. I, I'm seeing that a lot. But um, it's hard, man. It's hard to bring it every day, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and you bring up a great point, uh, Kevin, in that, that I think that uh, uh, coaches that scream and holler, I mean, you put yourself in that position. And uh, many, many, many years ago I played, and I enjoyed playing for coaches who had an even demeanor, and they knew that you were giving them their best, and that's all you can ask out of a kid is to do your best. And uh, sometimes I think we as coaches, we take it out of the kids because of our shortcomings. And uh, uh, that's the reason why I love guys like Joe Madden in, in baseball. I mean, he's always positive and, and uh, when you many years ago, Johnny Wooden at UCLA, such a positive person and that's the type of thing that I think becomes contagious. Yes, I love I love John uh, Joe Madden too. Um, of course, I love John Madden too. Let's not forget. But yeah. um, right uh, again, showing my age. Sorry, Coach. Uh, I'm still young, but but um, John Wooden keeps coming back. Everybody you talk to, all the great legend coaches like yourself, they always bring up Coach Wooden, and I I love them too. What did, is it just because he was a strong principled man or was he a great teacher? What, what did you get from Coach Wooden? Yeah, you know, I've got to relate a story. This happened way back in 1971, and it was at, uh, in Chicago, Illinois, at a 7-Up basketball clinic. And John Wooden was the main speaker at that clinic and obviously packed and and uh, he, uh, he said something that day that has stuck with me for my ento- entire coaching career. Uh, he was talk- taking questions and answers from the audience. And uh, one guy asked him, he said, how big is respect, coach, of your players to the coach? And Wooden answered and he said, obviously, he said, respect is huge. He said, your players have to respect you, but he said it wouldn't be half bad if they liked you. And, and uh, that's always stuck. And uh, I, the thing that uh, I admired about Wooden is, that, you know, he did very little scouting. <laughs> I don't know how he would uh, make out today, but he just worried about his team. <laughs> he worried about his team, and he wasn't real big on scouting. He said, hey, if we're ready, we can face anybody and we can play with anybody. And uh, so 
what he accomplished obviously will never be duplicated. What was it? Nine out of 10? Uh, you know what I mean? And I, yeah, yeah. Senior for three years and Walton for four years, but he, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> in any age, he would have been uh, successful and in any sport. He, Vince Lombardi, you know, uh, Mike Krzyzewski, these are people that uh, doesn't matter that uh, two of them coached basketball and one uh, football. They just were outstanding teachers and outstanding human beings. Yeah, and I've, I, you know, I, I've seen old tapes of Coach Wooden. He was tough. People, people, people like, I mean, he wasn't soft. I mean, he was, he was hard-nosed, but he just knew how to communicate, yeah. it seemed. With the superstars, with the average players, yep. the role, the role. I mean, you knew he was tough. You can just, you can just tell by the look. You know, he had that old Indiana, Indiana toughness, right? Yeah. Um, so people get, people get, you know, he's, he's not yelling on the sideline. Always oh, not tough. And what do you think about that as well? I mean, you see a lot of coaches today. Just, I mean, they're, they're, they're almost, a, they're almost part of the yeah. show. I, I go back to what. Uh, Monday night in the final four and you had two coaches that were very calm, very reserved, Tony Bennett and uh, coach bird beard of Texas Tech. And I just think they were in the game. And I think if you're so worried about the officials and you're yelling at the officials and you're, you know, that your mind's not in the game and, uh, so I kind of like that approach where the coach is in control and you hit it right on the head. Sometimes I think that coaches know, hey, we're on TV and, and I'm going to perform. Well, we're not there to watch the coach. We're there to watch the team. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I think we had a great example on both guys Monday night in the uh, Final Four championship. Oh, unbelievable example. Yeah. And a coach, you know, of course, you know, Pearl, Pearl's a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, he, he, the, the, kid, the players love him, but uh, he, that's, that's him though. I think you got to coach to your personality. Oh, yeah. I uh, love Bruce Pearl. And uh, he, uh, as you said, he's an outstanding basketball coach, very intense. And you can't be something, you know, we say, Hey, well, we want to be Bob Knight or we want to be John Wooden. No, you have to be yourself. You have to be you. And uh, uh, you have to coach the way that you think you can get the most out of kids. And then uh, uh, yeah. with me, it's it's more of a, of a, you know, a praise factor than it is a criticism factor. That's, that's just me. I uh, uh, like to think I'm a very positive person, and, and that's what I bring over to my teams. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and I, I I love to study coaches, and one of my favorites is Mike Dunlap. You probably oh, yeah. know who he is. Um, I, I think he's – I mean, nobody really knows about him if you're not really a basketball junkie. But one thing he said to – and it stuck with me. He says, praise, prompt, leave. Yeah. And I love that. You always start with a praise, yeah. right, Coach? No, I agree. And when you say Mike Dunlap, I mean, uh, man – uh, his teams could always play defense, pal. <laughs> his teams could always play defense. He got after you. Uh, he was 
Yeah. Uh, you know, a high energy coach, especially on the defensive end of the court. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I stole a lot of things from him. Um, of course, I stole a lot of things from you, coach. I, I owe you, I, I, I should be giving you a check every month. Um, but, um, hey, tell me about when you built Cuba City. Tell me if I'm wrong. 1971, is that when you came to Cuba yeah. City? Okay. Um, how did, tell me, like, your first – what, what were you trying to do the first, you know, 45 – how did you build your program? What were some key things to how you built yeah, Well, I walked into a good situation, to be very honest with you. And the, the very first year, you know, we went uh, – 19 and three and we only had the one class and so we got beat by uh we went to the sectionals and we got beat by uh uh madison west uh, and uh they took second place in the state that year so we had a really good year but i think that you know uh, a little bit different back then you build the programs from the ground up so you got you know uh, you got the youth programs going as young as, as uh, uh, second and third grade. Uh, we, uh, when we, we do not have a hospital in Cuba City anymore, but we used to. And what we used to do is every uh, newborn baby, uh, we presented them with a miniature basketball. You know? And uh, it was just something to have people think basketball. And, <coughs> excuse me. And... Uh, I can remember when I first came here, I emphasized to the kids that, uh, hey, you've got to have uh, uh, you got to have a basket in your driveway, and uh, uh, you tell mom and dad that uh, uh, you know it doesn't run that much to put a basket in your driveway. And nowadays, we have a lot of baskets around town, but nobody shoots on them because everybody doesn't guard it anymore. You know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um uh, so true i just think that you you know unfortunately you know everybody looks and they'll say well uh coaches well usually you know in the second third fourth fifth grade the ones that are interested are the parents they they have a vested interest and so i've never been afraid of getting a parent involved with their second grader or third grader and following right through up until they get to high school because they're interested. Yeah, they may be just interested in their kid, but they're bringing everybody else along with them. And so I I just think that that was the old way to build a program. Unfortunately now, Kevin, I think what you're seeing is people jumping from here to there to everywhere and if if I was uh, starting over again uh, in a school, and especially in a suburban school, I'd get myself uh, as an assistant a good AAU coach and uh, uh, have them feed kids into my system uh, because that's the way they seem to be doing it nowadays. And so times have changed. Uh, prep schools you have uh, you know uh, so many things it's unbelievable uh, and uh, some people say well is the day coming when you will lose the high school athlete and he'll just play on the 
AAU circuit or one of these others? And I would say no. I think the AAU plays a valuable role in the summertime, but you can't beat that high school state basketball tournament. No one can replicate it. And uh, whether it matter what state you're in, uh, that state basketball tournament is the pinnacle of a high school career. And if you can get the state, that's amazing. If you win it, that's for a high school kid, that's like winning the final four. Yeah, you, you said some interesting points. Um, I think you're right with AAU. And I, I teach at a charter school, Coach. Um, and we have a lottery system and so forth. But I got, matter of fact, I got, you know, I have parents contacting me, wanting their kids yeah. to get in here because our, our academic program is so strong. We have a process and all that. But, yeah, we uh, if you can't beat the AAU, you got to join them. And you got you got to be connected yeah. somewhere with an AAU community. But it has to be the right yeah, one. Right? I agree with you 100 um, percent. Hey, tell me about tell me about there's an, a special award that's given out after you. And I, I was I was reading about that. I said, that's pretty cool. And it has all the great qualities that you that you possess. Why, why do you, you take a lot of pride in, in that award, don't you, to, to give it out to all these well, coaches? Uh, actually, Kevin, I think what you're thinking about is I graduated from a small school in Dubuque, Iowa, called the University of Dubuque. And uh, they uh, named an award after me, the Jerry Pettigrew Coaching Award. And I, uh, I yes. give that out each year to a coach that has spent, uh, you know, a long time in the coaching profession and, and has had some success. And, and that's been successful. But here in Wisconsin, uh, I'm the executive director of the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association, and we honor coaches. I think one of our mission is to honor coaches and players and, and uh, uh, this year we just uh, – uh, we always give coach of the year and, and what have you in all the different levels, high school level and uh, college levels and what have you. But this year we had the college player of the year uh, from Wisconsin. And, and uh, it was really kind of interesting. Uh, we had something happen here uh, just recently. We had three girls, Enrique uh, Ugagawi from Notre Dame and uh, – uh, Megan Gustafson from uh, uh, Iowa and a young lady from uh, Marquette, Braxton. Uh, all three of them were from the state, graduated from high school in Wisconsin. And in college, they okay. set their school scoring record. And all three of them will probably be drafted in the first round by the WNBA. So that's kind of amazing when you think about it. And, uh, this year in Division One, our college player of the year for men was uh, uh, Marcus Howard from Marquette. And, uh, yeah. Marquette, yeah. And so whatever you can do to honor coaches uh, and players, uh, that's, that's our mission. That's our mission here in Wisconsin. We put on an all-star game in the summer, Kevin, and people are surprised that uh, – We've been able, from that All-Star game, we've been able to give 
the MAC Fund, Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer, over close to $2 million. So uh, basketball is alive and well in Wisconsin, and, uh, uh, you know, it's an exciting sport. Yeah, and I don't think people around the country know. I, I know a little bit about Wisconsin basketball because my friend Steve oh, Collins, yeah. who coaches at Mad- Madison right. Memorial, uh, he, matter of fact, Coach, he came out. I run a clinic every year. Matter of fact, I'm going to have Steve bring Jerry out here, Jerry Pettigrew. Oh. <laughs> you need to come out, man. And we run, I run it. I call it my Legends Clinic. And what I do is I honor great high school mm-hmm. coaches because – I just love high school coaches. I get more out of talking to guys like you than I would a top division one coach. I just think high school coaches are the brightest minds. Um, but he came out and he runs a pretty oh, good program yeah. out there, doesn't he? Yeah. He's one of the best coaches in the state. He, he coaches for Madison Memorial. Uh, he coached, uh, Oh, the, uh, uh, number of pro players, and one kid that went to Marquette and, and uh, uh, then I think right now he's with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Wesley Matthews. West Wesley Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. West Matthews. Yeah, yeah. Unreal. And uh, you know, West Matthews was a second round draft choice in the NBA. And today he's one of the very best players. And uh, you no know, coach Collins does a tremendous job up there. Yes, and he also has. Matter of fact, he has a podcast. I gotta, I gotta tell Steve, you you gotta get on it. I can't believe he had, he hasn't got the the Wisconsin legend on. I can't believe it. Uh, I gotta talk to him about that. Um, tell me, tell me about your Final Four clinic that you did. I mean, I'm very curious on what did you talk about. I get. I'm assuming they're all college coaches there at the clinic, or was it high school too? Mostly or? college coaches, but there were some high school coaches there. Uh, this is interesting. I spoke at noon on Saturday at the convention hall there, full court demonstrators, so on and so forth. At 11 o'clock, uh, speaking before me was John Beeline from Michigan. So I got a chance to meet nice. him which was a really big thrill. They had bleachers for, oh, about 500 uh, coaches there. And then it was lined up around the outside. So Beeline, I would say Beeline had seven or 800 people there listening to him on Saturday morning. He finished up at 1150. I came on at noon. I say I had about 250 coaches that were there, (laughs) but it was kind of a, you know, uh, talk about a pressure situation because I consider him one of the very best basketball coaches in uh, in America, and John Beeline. I then came on and spoke, and, and I, I talked about the five-man open post. I did a video, oh, probably eight years ago about the five-man open post, but it's then evolved from there. You know, I think, Kevin, what we all find out is Uh, there are very few innovators in the game. Maybe, you know, what we saw the other night and Tony Bennett with his pack uh, line defense, his dad, uh, you know, Dick Bennett, he wrote 
Yeah, absolutely. He wrote the book on it. I mean, there was an innovator. But the rest of us all copy. We all, you know, we see something, we say, hey, we like that. And so I've I've changed my, uh, did about a 180 on the five-man open post, to be honest with you. And that's what I spoke on. It was well-received. And uh, uh, and I've uh, I've told the coaches that, hey, I will send you a copy uh, of the offense. All you have to do is just send me uh, your email and I'll get it out to you. And I was really quite surprised. I have had a, a large number of requests for the uh, the offense. And, and so I thought it went well. And it was just, I was the only high school speaker on the agenda for the uh, two-day period. And so it was quite an honor. And uh, it was one of those things on your bucket list that you don't think will ever happen, but did. And so I was happy about that. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I, I think it should happen more coach. I, maybe I'm just, I've, I've studied the game enough. Give me a high school coach. That's why I started my clinic was to promote the great high school coaches and the coaches out here absolutely love it. Um, I just think they're the best teachers of the game. Uh, now college coaches are great recruiters. They're also good. Give me a high school coach. And I, I tell you what I, I want to talk about next. And you just kind of segued into that is we run the five-out motion. My motion offense was based on your video <laughs> that you have. I mean, all your concepts, and I've added a few things. Let's talk about that here because I'm a five-out. Now, Jerry, I run five-out against man and zone. Isn't that crazy? Okay. I, I cannot tell you I run it against the zone, but I, we, run it, uh, we run it against the man, the five-out, and uh, – uh, let me get your perspective. Let me get your perspective on that, Coach. Um, tell me about your five out. Some of the you might have made some changes since the last time uh, I studied your tape. Um, but tell me what's your major concepts in your five yeah, out. You know what? As I said, we copy and and I was watching a couple of people play. One uh, guy by the name of Andy Cerrone. He's a high school coach at Sussex Hamilton. Uh, suburb of Milwaukee, and uh, he was running five out, and he ran it quite a bit different than what I did. And so I got together with Andy, and Andy Andy shared with me a lot of his ideas, and I incorporated those ideas with some of the things that I was doing. Uh, And one of the things, Kevin, is it's quite simple as we pass, and uh, we pick away but we have an X spot on the floor, uh, usually at the uh, second hash mark on the free throw line going down to the block. Uh, and if you're, if I pass to the right side and you're on the left wing, because I've got the, you know, everybody spread out, the four and five in the corners and uh, uh, two and three on the wings and one on the top. And if I pass to the right side, now I go, uh, he screens just below the free throw line, and that guy comes up off that screen. But now you got to communicate. That guy that's coming off that screen, he's got to yell straight, which means he's making a straight cut to the top. And, and then that, that four man in the corner over there is replacing him up. You understand? Okay. And once he comes to the top, 
uh, the guy who set the screen, usually the one man, is now uh, putting pressure on the rim at the opposite block, okay? And you'd be surprised how many times, basically, you could call it a slip, how many times that guy is open. But if he's not, he's filling where the four-man left into the left corner now, okay? So we reverse the ball back. We reverse the ball back to the top. We reverse it uh, to the four-man coming up. Now you pick down for the three-guy, okay? And now the three-guy decides that, hey, he's yelling, curl, curl, curl. He curls around that pick. And because he yelled curl, the picker now is what we call Popeye popping back to the ball, okay? So we can run uh, straight. We can run curl. We can run what we call door, which is back door out of that. Uh, and uh, as I said, we go from there. We get a, level, a lot of double staggers out of it. We can flow into I really believe, Kevin, uh, I love five out, but everybody in their offense has got to have some form of dribble drive. Got to have some form of dribble right. drive. And everybody in their offense has got to have some sort of high-low post, high-low. Whether you're uh, – I like what Mich- uh, Wichita State did this year uh, with his high-low game. Uh, it was it was dynamite stuff, that what he was doing. And he didn't have that great of a team this year. But what he did with his stuff was super. And so, yeah, it's uh, – uh, it's a very simplified offense, but it's an offense that can be very, very effective. Yeah, and you get well, – I, I tell you what, I, I love those concepts, though, Coach. I love um, – and I do agree with the dribble drive. I do – You so you – I like to run different versions, whether – you know, one time um, we're just going to go straight out motion where there's no screen. Mm-hmm. And we like it level. Yep. See, I coach girls, right. and girls girls don't defend cuts right. very well. Uh, so we really value the hard basket right. cut, and but we also run a screen version, screen away. We run a ball screen version that we call Utah. So I have different calls right. that I make, but I love what you're saying. I love I love how you kind of identify. So you basically. That is your that is your offense right there. You run straight curl, yeah, and door. But now, if you decide because it's quite easy, so you decide, hey, we're gonna switch everything, so that when that guy comes up off a straight cut, boom, we switch right now. Okay, what we're saying to what we then run what we call badger. Okay, so it looks like I'm screening you. But I just get to the elbow, and and you just get to the X spot, and we don't really even screen. We just boom, we cut, we cut. I put pressure on the rim, uh, you understand, and we just keep going. When you're switching, we run Badger, which is we go to the same spots, but we're not really screening. It's boom, bop, you know, and uh, and people can't cover that. People cannot cover that, and I can see in girls' basketball where that could really, really be effective, really be effective. Yeah, and and in girls' basketball, Coach, unfortunately, most of the teams play zone, which is kind of sad in a way. But 
Um, and so, you know, we have to, too. And we have to do multiple defenses. But uh, now, let me tell you this. Tell me what you think. We run five out versus zone. I'm going to tell okay. you why. It's different. It's different. I mean, how many teams run five out against zone? There's very few. And what I find is it opens the door. First of all, you're spreading that defense out. It opens the door for more gap oh, yeah. penetration. And we get why. We get wide open threes. Maybe that's a good reason. Maybe, you know, because we don't shoot that great. But um, but we get a lot of dribble penetration against zone. And what I find, Coach, is when we make – I call them kind of window cuts where we cut into the gaps right. of the zone, teams don't know no. how to cover that. No. Um, what, do you, what do you think? Is that, is that too – I mean, we have success with it, but what I do you like think that, about that? I, I'll tell you what, I'd like you to have, uh, email me that, will you? Okay, I will. I will. I like that. Um, yeah, and it's just – we have – Coach, well, I don't have post players. I have all guards. Um, we're a small school, so – and we really practice on finishing at the rim, and we shoot a lot of threes. That's just the way I believe the, the game, game should be played because we have all guards. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I hate to say that, but, um, but I appreciate all that. I mean, I got some great notes off that five out. You have also you you have put together some great videos. One of the best, Jerry, is your feeder system sure. video. I mean, I still have the notes of how you put together a practice and how do you teach young kids? I mean, people think how many times have you gone to a youth camp and there's games being played and yeah, no teaching? You're right. And and you're all about I love talk because I want people to get that. I want people to get that video. That's a great your, I think it's your feeder yeah, system video, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, that, those were the first ones we ever did. And uh, there's two guys over in Benton, Wisconsin, talked to me and said, uh, Coach, we'd like you to uh, do a couple of videos on your program, you know? I said, well, why don't we do it on what we call our feeder system then? And they said, that's fine. And, and uh uh, we met, we went out for supper and they said, uh, uh, the video is going to run us five grand, you know? And I, I looked at them both. This was, Oh God, this was, you know, hell 25 years ago, 20, 25 years. And, uh, I looked at them both and I said, you're both crazy. I said, you're both crazy. Cause they said, uh, $5,000 you're paying to produce this video and i said uh uh you're gonna lose money <laughs> you're gonna lose money because i said nobody knows jerry pettigrew for one thing and the second thing it's not going to be uh you know it's just not going to be profitable and they said well you let us worry about that and so uh uh that was fine and uh, we were really really surprised at how well the video went over it was uh, it uh, it was out of Cisco's. It was called Cisco's video. Yeah, I know Cisco's well, sure. <laughs> and that's probably where I got it from. I'm sure. Um, hey, tell us about that.
Coaches, how are you? Hey, make sure to check out my friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. They were a main sponsor of my Legends Clinic last year, and I got to see in person why the Dr. Dish is undoubtedly the best shooting machine on the market. I'm super excited to get one in my program here soon. As a matter of fact, it's already in the process of being ordered. The technology and versatility of the machine are unmatched. Make sure to check out their product lineup and their new Dr. Dish CT machine on their website at drdishbasketball.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at drdishbball. Mention this podcast and you can save $300 extra on your next Dr. Dick, Dr. Dish purchase. Get one soon. This is Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast. Hey coaches, this is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball, and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. Make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at drdishbball for daily basketball drills, tips, inspiration, and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish. Also mention this podcast and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Kevin. Hey, yeah, welcome back. Welcome Hi. back, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you were talking about your uh, feeder system. Kind of continue on what you were saying on that. I think I think you got some great ideas about where coaches uh, can definitely utilize your concepts there. Yeah, you know, we just start out with the younger grades, and and uh, uh, and I I think that we have what is known as the Cuba city youth basketball club. And those are basically almost all parents of kids that are playing and we get everything organized, you know what I mean? And they have so many practices a week and from the different groups and we kind of organize where the, cause we don't have a lot of gym facilities here in Cuba city. So it takes a lot of planning on that end. And then, uh, they get into so many tournaments and uh, they practice once or twice a week. Uh, and uh, uh, we just try to organize it as best as possible. And uh, up through the uh, uh, seventh grade, we uh, everybody plays equally. Uh, then when we get to eighth grade, then it's uh, time to, uh, uh, you know, uh, we play to win and, uh, uh, and same way in high school, we play to win. Uh, so, uh, and, uh, uh, people, people know that. And so I think by the eighth grade year, uh, the kids are either, you know, they know they can, can play and, and, uh, or they know that, Hey, maybe it's best if I go out for a different sport. So, that's how, uh, you know, we run the feeder system, but uh, uh, well organized and, and uh, uh, just get people involved. And, and uh, uh, as I said before, uh, uh, that Cuba City Youth Basketball Club, probably, they meet once a month and they have their officers and they line up the coaches. And, and uh, uh, then we put on a little coaches clinic for the uh, uh, the girls basketball coach Jeff Bastina and myself put on a, a clinic for the new coaches coming in and 
Uh, these are some things that you might want to work with your kids on fundamentals and, uh, you know, second and third grade, it's really hard to run an offense. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you, uh, but you're out there having fun and getting better and working on the fundamentals. And that's the key. Yeah. And I'm big. Uh, I, I run, uh, what I call our future Titan basketball, um, club here and we we actually uh, of course we start them at the kindergarten and we go we go jerry we go three on three mm-hmm. and we go three on three all the way up to the uh well i'm a k5 pe teacher so i i have sure. a lot of impact on i work with these kids all the time but sure. i think we go we go three on three maybe four on four because it's all about touches and i think they learn the game better don't well, you think i agree i agree yeah um, hey, what do you think about on youth development side? I, I tell you what, I like what I see with you with you guys. I think the homegrown feeder program is much more effective than AAU. Even though AAU is good, and maybe you take an all-star team and go out and play, but I think the travel is overrated. I love the homegrown feeder program because they're learning all the concepts that you want them to, to learn. Yeah, I think that and. And the other thing, too, Kevin, and I think it's important, especially in a small high school, is uh, the kids compete in multiple sports. Uh, I think uh, burnout can happen quite easily, and so love to see multiple sport athletes. Uh, I think that uh, uh, you get a better competitor when you've got a multi-sport athlete competing. And so... Uh, uh, and that's really crucial in a small high school because uh, uh, everybody needs to survive, as they say. And so uh, participation numbers have to be there for the other sports. So we're big on that, too. Yeah, and that's, that's a changing culture now with every kids playing one sport mm-hmm. and, you know, playing 12 months out of the year. I, that's a whole new podcast. But I think you've probably seen it all yeah. um, with, with that. Coach, tell me about you have won over 900 games. How have you remained so consistent? Give me something that has separated you from maybe some other programs um, for your consistency. Yeah, that's, you know, when people ask me, what are you most proud of, you know, and we've won the state championship three times. And then uh, we, uh, you know, we uh, uh, had some great teams, but, Probably the thing that I'm most proud of is that uh, in the uh, last 38 years that I've been at Cuba City, in 36 of those years, we've won 15 or more games. And uh, when we started out uh, here, we only played uh, uh, 18 games. And Mm, then we won 20 games. And now uh, we're not, uh, you know, we play – a maximum of 22 games. Uh, and so that's the, uh, the consistency that I look for, to be honest with you. And usually, uh, you know, we've been one of the smallest schools in our conference. Uh, and I, I just think that it's, it's uh, uh, you hit it before you to build a culture, you know, and uh, you probably win some games you shouldn't win just because you have that on the front of your jersey. Uh, and so I think 
you know, some people will accuse a coach saying, well, you know, your starting lineup is uh, two years down the road. Yeah. Well, probably you do. <laughs> you probably do, to be honest with you. So you don't want to go through those, those dry years where you say, geez, we got nothing coming these next two. Well, you better make sure that if you need a point guard, you better have one in the seventh or eighth grade because you know you're graduating. That's a junior. He's going to graduate, and uh, you're going to be looking for a point guard. So that kid coming up through eighth grade is going to have to play. And uh, uh, not very often that we've had many freshmen, uh, I think, care at Cuba City in my 48 years, I think uh, a total of basically two that have started. Uh, and uh, But by the time they're sophomores, they're ready to play, a lot of them. And so uh, I just think that you continually look at your talent level and you go from there. Uh, and you're, you're absolutely right. You build it with hometown talent. Everybody's in the same zip code. And uh, uh, that's the way that it happens. Yeah, and there's no doubt you guys have been consistent, and it's by no accident, Jerry. I'm I'm just telling you, great coaches that I talk to, you 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 don't have any off years because you're developing those young kids. There might be a kid, right, coach? That I I have girls that are that are that are not really skilled yet. Yeah, it's on me to get those kids skilled, yeah. right? I mean, it's hard work. Yeah, that's exactly how you do it. That's exactly how you're doing it. And uh, uh, and then you get those kids that they see the success that's happened before and they want to be part of that success. And so they, uh, you know, you build that culture of, of winning tradition and winning breeds winning. And uh, uh, those kids, uh, you know, they buy into that. And I think that's really important for you. Yeah, and I, I have the great – I'm very lucky here. I We're a K-12 charter public school, so I teach K-5, P-E. Do I have the best job or what? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. So I know these kids, you know, you know, young. I mean, so I have I built great relationships, and that's a big part of it too, right, Coach? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. you got to know your kids. Yeah, you know your kids, and, and relationships is everything. It's everything. And, and you know that when kids graduate, uh, you're still there for them. You're still there for them. Yeah. They're, they're part of your life the rest of your life. So uh, I think that's important that you don't forget your kids. Once they leave your school, you're always available to them. And, and uh, if you can help them in any way, you do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, my last couple of I know you. I know you're a busy guy, and I – my last couple of questions have to do with practice. I'm a big practice guy. And give me your opinion on this. I believe the least skill that's taught is basketball decision training. I, I don't think we're doing enough. I think we do a lot of drills, but we don't allow the kids to make decisions enough. Am I wrong? No, I think you're probably right. And uh, uh, I think there's – I. I think you also have to sell your kids on the idea of, you know, what's our strategy going to be? Uh, you know, we have, uh, we're down by one with uh, uh, 20 seconds to go. Are we going to call a timeout? 
and set something up, or are we going to play through it? You know, I think that that's uh, early on. Uh, you're up by three, uh, less than 15 seconds to go. Are you going to? All is uh, uh, important. Yeah, and you, uh, and also I have all your your practice videos too, and it's very organized. And I stole a lot of your drills and things. But it's you're you're it's very simple, right? Basketball is a simple game, right? I mean, but you do have to be organized in practice. How do you organize? Has your organization changed over the years, coach, or is it about the same as you've always done it? No, well, I think that the the big thing that you've got to be, you've got that practice schedule and you've got that practice schedule worked out and uh, you follow that practice schedule. And then you have maybe, a, uh, you know, another schedule, which you've got on there uh, passing, uh, you know, and, then under Monday, you spent, you know, five minutes on passing, uh, ball handling. You spent 10 minutes on that on Tuesday. You understand? So at the end of the month, you look up and all of your core fundamentals, you're looking over it. You say, you know what? Decision making. We only spent three minutes on this. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. Find <laughs> yourself a little bit. that's the key you know that's the key so uh but i i I can bring out my first practice schedule going back to 1963 okay uh and i think it's just important i have the clipboard i very seldom ever use a whistle but i have the clipboard and i stay on task i stay on task this is what we want to get accomplished right now you know what i mean and we may have struggled against a two three zone and so we may spend a little extra time working against that two three zone tonight uh you know big part of you know i think uh you know teams are made during the summer that's when they're made uh you do not have time during the year you're so busy trying to win the next game that you don't have <laughs> You don't right. get a chance to work on those core fundamentals that you really need to, but you're so busy trying to win that next game because, you know, in in the high school situation, you've got, you know, like we have early and late practice. One week will be early. The next week will be late. Well, Wednesday night's church night. Well, so you're only getting the gym for an hour and 20 minutes. So, uh, you know, Thursday night, uh, you're early, but the girls got a game, so you got to be out of the gym by a quarter after five. So <laughs> I know. You, you know, I know. understand what I'm saying yeah. here. You, you have to be able to be flexible and to work that practice schedule so you're getting the absolute most out of your kids. You know what I mean? And so that's what we do. Yeah, I love that, and um, I would love to see your first practice, Coach. That that would go down in the Hall of Fame somewhere. Your your first practice still have that, um, uh, but that says a lot about your generation of coaches 
who were brought up, I think, the right way. I, maybe I'm just partial on the older coaches about organization. I, I think a lot of coaches wing it. They think they're really smart, but you can't wing anything. No, you, uh, you know, uh, I go to the grocery store for my wife and, and we've only got four items and uh, I bring home two. Uh, so, you know, I, you better have it written down and you better follow a plan. <laughs> You know, it's true. Yeah, yes, and that's tougher than practice, man. If you don't get something for your wife, man, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're right, Coach. Again, thank you so much, man, for joining. I mean, you, you're a true mentor. Um, I can't, you know, I wish I would have met you a long time ago, but uh, uh, I didn't have my podcast at the time. This is why I do the podcast to meet great coaches like you. Can you give me one last piece of advice for a young coach starting out? What What is one separator that you can give to them to, to help them in their journey? Well, you know, I've said this to many young coaches because I've had coaches that will tell me, uh, I love to coach, but I don't care to teach. You know, and thinking, oh my goodness, you're in it for the wrong then I mean, uh, you probably are. You yourself are probably teaching six, six, seven hours a day, and then you have practice. You know what I mean? So I say yeah. that, that uh, you better love the classroom. You better love the classroom. Uh, and I know that the, the trend nowadays are hiring coaches that are not in the classroom, uh, are not in the school. But you're missing something then. When you're not in the school, you're not seeing those kids every day. You're not, uh, you know, you're, you don't have relationships with them. And so I know since I retired, uh, it's been good and bad. Uh, the bad is I'm not in the building, okay? The good is I can become much more organized and watch much more game film because i got a lot of time on my hands. But... <laughs> and, yeah. and on your part don't forget to send me that uh uh five men out uh against the zone will you yeah i sure will coach i'll definitely do that um but i appreciate you sharon and um you're a true mentor again and i uh, how can people get a hold of you i know i'm gonna put all your information your contact information on the show notes um but uh thanks again and Tell, tell, tell the coaches how they can get a hold of it. The easiest way is by email. Just my name, Jerry Pettigrew. Uh, and I better spell Pettigrew because they butcher that. P-E-T-I-T-G-O-U-E at iCloud.com. Yes, and I'll put, I'll put that, uh, that all in there. And matter of fact, what I'll do is uh, I'm going to put a little link to um, – when I, when I put that, uh, when I'm promoting your uh, audio, your uh, podcast with all your videos and stuff like that, because I think coaches need to, to really watch those videos. You're a true, uh, true genius as far as, you know, as far as teaching goes of the game. Coach, thank you so much. I appreciate it. it. Let's do it again sometime, friend. All right. Thanks, Coach. Good luck. All right. Thank you. 
This is Matt Smith from United Basketball Clinics. A highlight of my week is listening to Kevin Furtado's Championship Vision podcast. Kevin has a passion for the game and helping coaches grow in their craft. He interviews some of the best basketball minds in the business, and you are sure to gain insights on how to improve as a coach. I suggest you check out his podcast today.